You got the chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. Could I see him being greater? Absolutely. Could I see it being worse? Sure. But I think what we fail to realize, having been watching those two quarterbacks, that's not how the rest of the NFL lives. That's the exception. It's not the norm. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Hamilton continues live from X-Golf in Middleton. Ryan Wollersheim back at the Everlight Solar Studio. Matt and I are enjoying all the spoils of being here at X-Golf in Middleton. Did you get a hole in in that short break? Top no. I did. I just two in. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I know. I played, I played it pretty good. All right. Well, Matt Hamilton known for his speed uh, here at X-Golf. <laughs> Damn. So congratulations on that. Thanks, Jim. Yep. It's an honor. It's not about how you play the game. Everybody's it's about if you finish, how fast you finish. <laughs> That's what I always say. Uh, What's going on there at X-Golf, guys? What are, you, what are you guys getting into? Just playing around with speed golf there, Ryan. Okay. I'm the best there ever was. <laughs> the fastest draw in the West. He pisses excellence. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we were talking about... Do Packer fans take Aaron Rodgers, and do they take that era of Aaron Rodgers for granted? And I think you and I agree the answer is yes. I think so. Ryan, where do you fall on this? I think it's a fair point you bring up. This that I think, I think it has more to do with just Brett Favre being there before Rodgers and that fact that even I, as a Packers fan, I've only ever known a Hall of Fame quarterback play. Like, that's all I know, and it's really hard for me to appreciate anything less than that even though I am a proud Badger supporter and Badger fan I know what bad quarterback play is like just not from the Packers I've never seen it before outside of a few seasons here or there so yeah I don't think I properly appreciate him especially in that last season but at the same time I'm kind of ready to just move on to a less you know as much as Packers fans are worried about moving on to just another you know the norm of what NFL fans have to deal with I am kind of embracing that word. Like, I'm just excited to see what Jordan Love is and to see where things are going over the next five to ten years. Right, and that's a different thing. I mean, I think it's adorable. You think Jordan Love's going to be here in five years, <laughs> let alone ten. Well, I never <laughs> said it was going to be Jordan Love in five to ten years. I said whatever. I mean, maybe it's Drake May or Caleb Williams, but whatever the next five to ten years has to bring for Packers fans. You know what? Let's do that right now. People want us to talk about Jordan Love. How many years do you think Jordan Love will be the Packers' starting quarterback? We'll put it up as our secondary Iron Jack poll question. Or our third, because we did ask about Michael Keaton. That's yes. on Hamilton. Maybe we can pop this one back on ESPN Madison. How many years do you think Jordan Love will be the Packers starting quarterback? We'll go two to five, five to ten, ten plus. Mm. Or do you want to shorten it a little bit? Yeah, I like shorten it. Let's go. Two to five, I like One it. to three. One to th- Okay. All right. One to three. Florida. Let's, let's go full seasons. Let's make sure when you word that, that there. Okay. Ryan, put full one to three seasons, four to 
like say seven seasons and then we can do eight seven. plus. Eight plus. All right, there you go. All right. Matt, what are you calling it? One to three. I, th- I think he's certainly, obviously, going to be the start of this season and all season. I think there's a good chance he gets a little competition next year in some fashion, whether it be a rookie or a veteran to push him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he'll probably end up being the starter for year two. Um, and then year three, I think we're going to know. We're going to know if Jordan Love has got what it takes to get to a Super Bowl again. And personally, statistically, he doesn't. How many quarterbacks make it to a Super Bowl on average? I would say like 10%. Yeah, that's probably about That right. might be yeah. high. Yeah, but yeah. But 10%. So like statistically, yeah. he's got a one in 10 shot at making a Super Bowl. I, I don't love it. So I would say it's going to be one to three, and the Packers move on looking for that next uh, guy who you think you can take to the promised land, whether that's a really great game manager in the sense of like a, a great Jimmy G or even, even the way that uh, McVay used Matt Stafford, super talented guy, but in a system that he bought into. Maybe that's the route, or maybe it's an absolute. But you said Matt Stafford, who with the Rams and prior to that was – just a tick below those. Top oh yeah, guys. no, he. I don't. I don't know if Love gets to that level. No, no, I don't think so either. But I think that's like personally, I think that's kind of the minimum of what you need to be to win a Super Bowl. Real, realistically, you need a quarterback that yeah. is that borderline elite yes, level. And I agree I'm with you. Not totally sure Love gets there. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. How long do you think Jordan Love will be the QB for the Green Bay Packers? And you're on to something with that because. One, first-round pick. Gary. Who's going to be a starter for the Packers longer? Is it going to be Jordan Love as a starter of the Green Bay Packers or Gutekunst being the starter of the of the GMs right. for the Packers? I would be curious if the same, same question, same I number. Will, I will maintain <laughs> this. Here's a scenario that does not seem impossible. Let's say Jordan Love looks meh. Let's say he looks maybe he's showing some potential, but – Nothing doesn't look like he is him. Like, right. So, but maybe he could be a serviceable QB. That's what they take out of it. But they win six games this year. Okay. So now they've had back-to-back losing seasons. By mm-hmm. them, I mean Goody and LaFleur. And Murphy has – next year will be his last year as president. Right. So now those two have to look in the eye and say, do we want to continue to live with our decision where maybe Jordan Love is projecting to be a league average QB? Which is, there's worse things than that. There is. Or do we start hedging to save our jobs? So do you bring in a Mitch Trubisky or Jameis Winston to back up Jordan Love and then maybe use one of your first round or a second round pick on a QB to have three different options to compete with Jordan Love and let iron sharpen iron and whoever wins the job wins the job. But now you at least have options. That if you, let's say you start... Uh, next year with Jordan Love and he flounders in the first three games, you got a professional quarterback back there or you right. have a prospect who maybe looks like he can do it. That, are, that to me, feels real. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily know about bringing in the veteran. Just, again, I, there's been one Packers season where a Packers GM has been active in the free agent pool. That was Goody... Three years ago, right? Twenty eight. Right, but, I mean, but like James or Mitch, like those guys aren't. <clears throat> no, but what I'm saying is they're they they they're gonna work it up. They're gonna, you know, pro- they'll probably still have Sean Clifford. Then that will get them who fired. Will 
play, and then they'll add another guy. It might. It, because it, three straight lose. Like, so if you have Miss, now you're really in danger of three straight, straight losing seasons. The bright side, if they are going to get fired, at least we'll hear about it from Mark Murphy at some ridiculous time of year, like <laughs> women's basketball state championship well, point, or something. No, I, I like Murphy, he doesn't have the wherewithal or the cojones to fire these guys. So they're good with Murphy. They know that. But Murphy gets put out, and let's say someone real comes in as the president and says, you know what? You guys ran Aaron Rodgers out of town. Jordan Love is just the league average QB. LaFleur looks like a slightly above league average QB. I mean, a coach. coach. And Goody made the, the mortal sin of screwing up the quarterback position. So y'all gone. And I'm bringing in my team. It's my possible. GM, who's going to bring in his head coach, and we're going to be on the same page. That's entirely possible. I can see that absolutely happening. Um, I'm, I'm curious how Mark Murphy wants to step out the door. I don't think he's going to go out on a, like, a losing season. He's going to tell Goody, you've got to do something to get the Packers back. And, uh, and again, who knows? Maybe Jordan Love is the guy. This is all speculative. But I, I do know for a fact that Mark Murphy's not going to want to go out uh, not playing great. So if Jordan Love shows that he's not the guy, if he turns out to be not the guy, they're going to do something. How do you define the guy? I think... I think you you're gonna have to have some pretty solid stats. Like if you're gonna do six wins like Aaron Rodgers did, you're gonna have to put up but those kind of numbers to show that you're the guy. After this year, we see Jordan Love, and we at least can feel like we can put a ceiling on him. What's that ceiling? If Jordan that, Love, that, that Goody keeps his job. What's the ceiling like? What like we let's say Jordan Love looks like he's trending in a direction, and his ceiling is Jimmy Garoppolo. Does Goody keep his job? Lafleur? Yeah, I think so. Alex Smith. Again, yeah, I think so. I think if you get one of those just, just better than league average guys, Mitch Trubisky, which I would say that is would that would I would average. say just below. I would say he's probably gone, or he's definitely on a very very hot seat. Right, and that's my point is that these guys will realize that if if Jordan Love's future is undetermined or doesn't look like he's the next great QB, and they have losing seasons, their their jobs will be on the line, and that is not insane to say no. because the only thing that matters. In the NFL, is getting the quarterback position right. And if you had it right and you threw that away to get it wrong, that's it. That's, that's the deal breaker. Murphy ain't going to do it. He's too old and too checked out and too much of a dingus to do it. As we said yesterday, <laughs> the Packers have a dingus as a president. He ain't going to do it. And Goody and LaFleur know that. Right. But who's the next guy? Maybe they put a non-dingus in there that actually wants to – win football games and sets up a better structure and has a better GM and a better coach who has a better setup. Impossible. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. We're going to throw some stones next. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Almost three. I'm putting on a par five for. Uh, so I would have got them all in if it was three par fours in a row. All right. Well, three is good. That's, that's just good. That's chunking good. along here. I think I can finish 18 just in the breaks. So I think I lied when I said I could do 18 in an hour and a half. I think I'd do 18 in like 45 minutes. I'm impressed. Ryan Wallerstein back at the Everlight Solar Studio. Are you impressed? 
I mean, given my golf game and the golf game of pretty much every producer on this show, I have to be impressed with what Matt can do with the club. Yeah. <laughs> this is Rutledge and Hamilton live from X-Golf in Middleton. Ryan, we had some text in on our uh, question about Jordan Love. Yes, on the ESPN Madison talking text line 844-770-3776, JJ and Poinette responding in again, agreeing with you guys that he thinks Love is QB as long as Goody is GM, which he thinks puts it at about two to three years. He was responding in that first response to our Iron Jack poll question. And then Daryl in Deerfield thinks that Goody will actually be pleasantly surprised if Love has a decent year and that he thinks his plan is actually to draft his franchise quarterback this spring. So I guess he's in the Caleb Williams, Drake May, or rotating list of quarterbacks who could surprise this year in college football. It's an interesting thought there because, again, for an example here, just using, because I know Packer fans watch the Bears, Ryan Pace drafted Mitch Trubisky. That was a big mistake. And Mitch wasn't even that bad of a quarterback, but you passed on Patrick Mahomes. Well, and again, the, I think the big knock on Mitch Trubisky is that he played 14 game, yes. or 13 games of football. Yep. Like, that was it. Well, was Jordan his... Love had 14 good games of football because this last year at Utah State was not good. He right. had a very bad touchdown interception rate and completion percentage. His junior, or his, his, the year prior, I think it was a redshirt sophomore year, he was great. And so, but my point being, you also passed on Mahomes for that. Well, the yeah. Packers possibly passed on Jalen Hurts for Jordan Love. So let's not forget that that's part of this equation is Jalen Hurts is looking like a top-tier quarterback. We have to see what he does this year, but he was an MVP candidate last year. So that is all interesting. But what I was going to say is that Pace drafted fields, but the Bears, I think, were, weren't good enough. And obviously he got, he got run out after that. So he got to draft a second QB, but he didn't get the chance to see it through. Right. So... Even if Goody gets a draft a second QB, it almost has to be instant success or he won't get a chance to see it through. Uh, let's get throwing stones. The guys think they have the answers to everything. I'm the best there is. People like me. So it's time to put them to the test. That's some booty, Jim. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. No, 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 this is Throwing yes. Stones, presented by Metro no, Kia of Madison, no, no, Madison's no, trusted Kia yes. dealership. All right, guys, it's time to throw some stones here on Rutledge and Hamilton. That usually means I bring to you whatever I've been wondering about from Twitter recently, though today I think it's time that I confront a stone of my own. Um, So I didn't bring this up earlier, though Jim did mention it before the end of the first hour, that I was producing Wilde and Tausch on Tuesday, and uh, there were some technical difficulties, some logistical difficulties getting them their headsets at the beginning of the remote broadcast from the ESPN Milwaukee Delzer Open at the Bog Country Club. Um, so that means I, as the producer back here at the Everlight Solar ESPN Madison studio, had to try and fill after the uh, show open almost ran out of time. So I'm just going to go ahead and play you guys the audio of uh, me trying to vamp for the first minute of the show while waiting for the headsets to arrive for Jason Wilde and Brad Norman on Tuesday. It is the Tuesday edition of Wilde and Tausch here from the ESPN Milwaukee Open. And Brad Norman and Jason Wilde both on site at the bog for the Open down at the ESPN Milwaukee Open. And they are still waiting on some of their headphones to arrive to the remote broadcasting station. And it looks like 
They might actually just be arriving now. So we'll be getting <laughs> Brad Norman and Jason Wildey joining live from the bog for the ESPN Milwaukee Open in just a moment. But this is Ryan Wollersheim, your cousin sub of the day, here subbing in for G- Jesse Nelson as today's producer of the show. Make sure to check out the ESPN Milwaukee and ESPN thing. Madison YouTube streams for live video of Jason Wildey and Brad Norman live. And here they are. Right. Coming up right now. Now. <laughs> Wooly, that was some outstanding dancing uh, as fast as you could. Well, so, so I ask you guys, what, would you have been as nice wait, to wait, me wait. as Jason Wooly was? Right. We're going okay. to come back to Stones. We got okay. an interview here because <laughs> what was going through your mind when you realized you are going to have to hop on the air? Uh, this, this, this sound right now, just ticking, 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 thinking how long before these <laughs> headsets will arrive. He gave off strong if you've seen like Wayne's World when uh, Garth had to be on screen when Wayne left and they thought his head was going to explode in the movie Scanners. He gave off strong Garth vibes. You kind (laughs) of do in general, but you really gave off some strong Garth vibes doing that. So I wish I knew this. Here's the thing. You're a movie guy. You should watch Wayne's World. Yeah, you definitely should see Wayne's World. So my... The whole thing about when you're going to do that, right, it's either you want either A-plus or you want an F. Just like the Packers are looking for in a quarterback right now, they're looking for A-plus, Jordan Lover, and F where they can move on. Tank it. The only good part when someone who's new to trying to start a show like that is whether they just nail it and they're way better than expected or they just do what you did. And that's just fumble the ball constantly. You look like Adrian Peterson in the NFC Championship game for the Vikings at that point. When you said ESPN Wisconsin opened 17 (laughs) times in four (laughs) seconds, did you realize that was happening? And we're like, stop saying ESPN Wisconsin Oh, my gosh. And here's the thing. Like, if we did word count, he said Jason and Brad Norman a couple times. So (laughs) The bog. I said said the same five words probably 20 times. Were you like, stop saying five words? opened. Down. <laughs> well, you started it with like we're here. You are not there. You were in because I was confused initially. I'm like, oh, so he's there. Where no, are those I, guys? No, I, I loved I, it. I wouldn't change. I wouldn't have changed it for no, anything. I agree, and I, I would have been so nice to you coming in because you know what you did. <laughs> You're like that dog that piddled in the corner, and when you came home, is like looking at you. It's like you know what you did. That's a bad producer. <laughs> <laughs> Did you forget your own name, or what happened with that part where you stumbled over your own name? Well, I stumbled over I stumbled over three names, so yeah, it wasn't yeah, just Jesse Nelson. But like butchered those names, I feel like you say less than your own name. Well, you don't say your own name that often, I guess. Yeah, right? unless, I mean, you're, unless you're unless you're unless you're a radio host like Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, or uh, who is the coach of the Commanders right now. Ron the Rivera? D- yeah, the DC. The DC? Oh, Eric. Oh, Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. Eric Bieniemy brings a strong attitude to football. Eric Bieniemy is hard nosed. <laughs> Ryan Wolfsheim, you should start doing that. I, I would and be here for that. Here they are. Reminds me of uh, Seinfeld. Coming up right mm-hmm. now. Jimmy, when he, the, the yeah. basketball player. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then George tried it for a little bit there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jimmy don't like this. <laughs> George is getting angry. <laughs> Ryan's getting uncomfortable. <laughs> Live Next time that happens, she they- starts saying, Ryan's getting uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can we hear the start of that again? <laughs> Why? I like the constantly. This is so good. And here they are. 
here they are. Everything's under control. Situation normal. We're yes, that's basically. We're all fine here. No, thank you. No. It is the Tuesday edition of World the Intouch here from the ESPN uh, Milwaukee Open, and Brad Norman and Jason Willey both on site. But I was not on site. <laughs> yeah, honestly, the first bit you nailed. I thought that was pretty good. I you got, do sound scared. T- I got it. It is the Tuesday edition, and then after that, I just hit. I just dropped yeah. off a cliff. The Tuesday edition. I mean, yeah. Right. You know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say I would have done it better. I would have either done great or I'd have butchered it too. Yeah. You also. If you sounded incredibly tight. Like, yeah, oh, you, were, okay. you were scared. Well, yeah. well, what, what did you think I was feeling? I mean, I well, know it's, I, yeah. you got to try and be calm and collected, but I wasn't, Jim. I didn't know what <laughs> was going to happen. this tone of like, live <laughs> from the bog. Maybe I'm alive. Maybe I'm not. This is Ryan Walsh. <laughs> Brad Norman, Brad Norman, Brad Norman, Jason Wildey, Jason Wildey. <laughs> I'm Ryan Wallachheim. <laughs> that was the only thing I was missing yeah. with like yeah. a, a question that's in your name. <laughs> I um, am the host I, of the show. I yeah. love Lamp. Well, congratulations, Ryan. You are brick from Anchorman. Is basically. <laughs> well, well, that sure escalated quickly. Uh, um, so I killed a man with a trident. <laughs> <laughs> I almost uh, killed the show, actually, as well. Yeah, you, you killed the show with your voice, so congratulations, <laughs> Ryan. Uh, we'll come back. We'll do throwing stones on the other side. But if you have nerves, a great way to get around nerves is go work out a carbohydrate health because if you are in physical shape, you'll be in better mental shape. And uh, when you go see Dr. Nestor Rodriguez over at Carbohydrate Health, which isn't that far from Mexico off here in Middleton, ask them about six-week experience, and during that six-week experience, they will come up with a plan to get you in the best shape of your life. Maybe that plan includes semi-glutide, which is what I take, and I'm down to about 195 pounds with around 8% body fat, and it motivates me to even work harder when I work out there because you want to be part of a workout regime. Maybe it's hormone optimization. Maybe that's what you need to build on more muscle and lose weight. Whatever it is, Dr. Nestor Rodriguez will have the plan for you at Carbon World Health. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. We'll throw some stones next. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Rutledge and Hamilton continues live from Mexico off in Middleton. Matt, where is, where is, what's your status? What uh, hole are you on? What's your score so far? How's it going? Oh, it's just brutal. I, I just see that. Blew I can't up. be right. I just blew up to oblivion recently, so we we're, we're happy. Oh, I'm not sharing it. Well, then I'm going to share it. <laughs> no. You're a teenager. Can we yeah. say that? Yes. You're, I'm in the, I, you're, in the, you're a plus teenager. Honestly, it's pretty close to how I played golf yesterday. I was, I shot a, I hit a five on every single hole yesterday. Uh, this is Rutledge and Hamilton, Ryan Walsh. I'm back at the Everlight Slower Studio, and we're going to throw some stones in a minute. But what is it? I, I don't see it as much, but I swear there were some golf tournaments at times where the, you actually wanted the plus. Like there was a weird different tournaments that every once in a while they scored it slightly different. I don't know if it was like maybe they were playing skins and maybe it was just plus of like how many holes you won and not. So I, I, it was something when I was a kid I was got confused by. I was like once in a while they'd score it a different way. Like match play. Is that what it is? Yeah, and that's – I mean match play is – more fun for guys like you and me where, you know, if you screw up a hole, you're not going to necessarily bury your round for the rest of the day. You just yeah. lost the hole. Gotcha. New point on the next hole. So, that like, makes sense. it doesn't matter if I beat you by ten strokes or one stroke on the hole. I get one point for the win on the hole. I like that. So, yeah, match play, 
definitely would have looked better in match play because it would have been me against myself. There you go. Sure. <laughs> it would have been well, one. Congratulations. I'd have been 100% right now. Yeah, that's why you're up that number. Exactly. Out, <laughs> exactly. Right and it's right. about to get worse because I'm about to. I, I'm in trouble, boys. All right, let's throw <laughs> some stones to back, get back to golf in here next golf. <laughs> the guys think they have the answers to everything. I'm the best there is. People like me. So it's time to put them to the test. That's some booty, Jim. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. This is Throwing Stones, presented by Metro Kia of Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealership. It is the Thursday edition of Throwing Stones here from X-Golf in Middleton. (laughs) Glad I could get a laugh out of Matt Hamilton on that one, but it is actually Throwing Stones this time around, so we... We'll be scoring Jim and Matt's answers throughout the show. I've been scrolling Twitter. I got plenty of questions. They have answers. I'll give them the score throughout. And at the end, we crown our winner of Throwing Stones. So, you guys were just talking about golf. And another famous golfer in the news recently, Phil Mickelson. Uh, This according to Front Office Sports. Uh, According to a new memoir by Billy Walters, who was Phil Mickelson's... uh, gambling uh, partner, I guess, over the last 10 years or so. Uh, Apparently, Phil Mickelson wagered $1 billion on sports in the last three decades. The book says Mickelson lost nearly $100 million gambling. He averaged nine bets per day in 2011, made 43 MLB bets in one day, um, and he also tried to bet on a Ryder Cup that he was playing in. So I ask you guys, What's like the most just degenerate activity you guys participate in on a regular basis? Or like, have you ever met anyone who can even live up close to this level of degeneracy that Phil Mickelson does? Jim, I'll start with you. Uh, I don't have any. I don't gamble much. So I don't know something that's been like degenerate to gamble on or degenerate. I do. I mean, I'm too old to be degenerate at this point. If I was degenerate at 43, it's just sad. <laughs> it's one thing. Or if you're a billionaire, or like Mickelson was before he blew a billion dollars, like that's one thing too. But like otherwise, it's like a problem for me. Like it's not fun. But like I- I'm trying to think of anything that's even loosely degenerate. I was I'll say this: whatever baseball game is on, this looks like. Is this even a Little League World Series on here at X Golf? You're yeah. a degenerate if you bet this. Like, I'm the Little League World Series. That, that's a degenerate. I mean, movie. I wait until we get out of the United States and start playing the World Series. That's when I start betting okay. on 12-year-old kids playing okay. baseball. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so only international baseball players yeah. you bet on? Yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Keep, right now, we're just yeah. playing the regionals right now. Yeah, keep Don't it care. in foreign water. Yeah, in international How about waters. this? What's yeah. the most money you've lost? Oh, Ooh, interesting. Um, one of my... Interesting. So I don't, I don't know exactly how I lost because craps is one of those weird games where you can like take money as it goes, but you leave money out on the table. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so there's phrases like press, which means if you win a bet, press means put it back on it. We're doubling up. And then you can like move stuff around. So I think at one point I had about seven, $800 in chips on the table. Now, granted, I had a really good start, so I might have collected a little bit. I, obviously, I could have had 700 more if I had cashed out and yeah. taken my stuff in, but that was a really tough, uh, tough roll when we got when we busted. So, like, you think maybe 600 fair number? Six, seven hundred, yeah, on that bet. Yeah, mine's like a couple hundred, maybe. Two the one that scared me really? the most was when I went out and threw like a hundred dollars on black. 
and, and a roulette Ooh, table. Like, yeah. that was just one bet. Like, I'm either getting it or I'm not. Like, the craps table, like I said, like, yeah. you can take some slowly. Yeah. You can leave it all out there. Yeah. It, it, it's never fun. I get that, like, weird, like, I wouldn't say it's weird. Maybe it's normal. <laughs> We're talking about degenerates. I get that, fe- like, that sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach when I lose a big bet, like, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't love it. I don't love that feeling. <laughs> I strive to have that much money to be able to just bet on roulette like that one day, Matt. Honestly, on my budget, the most I've ever lost, I think, is 20 bucks. So I'm going to be honest with you. I went down there, and I, the one I did this, I was not much older than you, and I did not have <laughs> more than 100 bucks. It was one of those, like, let's see how this is going to go. If I win this, I'm probably going to play some like so, more like, games, and if I lose, I'm probably just going to hang back and tonight. not gamble. Yeah, so <laughs> I ended up, uh, I did hit, actually. So, on like, that one. 95% of your net worth was on that roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the time, it was yeah. it was definitely yeah, at a the time. Yeah. It was. <laughs> Definitely a percent, maybe a two-digit percent. <laughs> no wonder you had a sinking feeling. It was yeah, your entire like mortgage, basically. hundred, yeah. And again, I was I was a younger man my first no time out to Vegas. Hundred dollars meaning like a large portion. Yeah, it meant a lot yeah, to yeah. me yeah. back in like 2011 right. when I first went to Vegas. Yeah. Phil Mickelson was apparently betting uh, at nine bets per day in 2011. Have you, have you been to Vegas, Ryan? Uh, I have, but at, I went there twice at the ages of 12 and 13. So oh, uh, there's really not much to do there. We should go age. as an adult. I'll, we I'll should take go. We need to figure out how to get relative hamels. Scalzo Bruss got out there. We need to figure yeah. out how to get relative hamels out there. Okay. I'll talk to some people. There I'll talk go. to my people. We'll work on magic. All right. Well, outside of Las Vegas, there's been some uh, throwing down on the table out in Cincinnati as well. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw yesterday. Elton Jenkins got in a spite yesterday with defensive tackle DJ Reader from the Bengals. Uh, after the fight, Reader said, speaking about Elton Jenkins, he's a Jag, man. I don't know that guy. No idea who he is. I mean, I see he's made a two Pro Bowls or so. So good for him, but he blocked for Aaron Rodgers. That don't make you nobody. And then Chancellor Johnson of, um, I'm not sure of what publication he's from, but he quote tweeted that on Twitter saying, saying you don't know somebody while also listing their credentials in the next breath is hilarious. So, guys, if you get beat in a fight, is there any way to just, like, do you just shut up and just take it? Or do you just try to come back and redeem yourself somewhere with some sort of back talk, smack talk? I don't know. How would you guys handle it if you lost a fight that badly as DJ Reader did? Matt? I'll start with you. You stick your tail between your legs and you hope nobody notices you for the rest of the day. There is no reason. You already got your lunch taken from you. No reason to stand back up to that same guy and spout off, especially the way he did. He makes a very good point. You can't tell somebody they're a nobody and then drop a couple credentials behind them. They're clearly not a nobody if you're aware. So I, I would I would have tucked my tail and tried to be as inconspicuous for the rest of the day as possible. I probably would have talked more trash, but so what do you mean by <laughs> lost the fight? Because Jenkins got kicked out of practice for doing one of the dumbest things you could do, which is well, punch him with the a helmet second on. Fight, but he punched someone with a helmet on. Yeah, oh, that's, so, I love I mean, that move. The big loser uh, at that fight was Jenkins. I mean, uh, even his teammates are like, "Your second fight, and you get removed from practice, and you punch the guy with a helmet. That's a big f." So I don't right. mean like who won the fight or lost the fight, but to get tossed out of a joint practice is an f. The first one, the players, I think Bakhtiari said, first one, I'm with them. Second one, now you're just being an idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from- getting kicked out of practice by your own team is an F. Yeah, it's the fair. The first one was fine. The second one, that's just stupid. 
Second fight in one day, but I mean, and you punched a helmet. Punching a helmet is an all-time. I'm sure dumb if you though. got out, Jenkins calmed down. He'd be like, "Yeah, that was dumb. Should not That's have punched true. a helmet. I should not have gotten two fights in practice." It's also not his first time getting a fight. He had that little scuffle with uh, Aaron Donald in yep. the playoffs at one time too. Yep. Um, all right, but my final stone for you guys today. Obviously, we revisited my, you know, eloquent speaking on Tuesday from Willie and Tausch. But on Monday this week was also my 24th birthday. So I ask Damn. you guys, 24 years Matt. old, not trying to make you feel old, I promise. No, Matt, what? We, he's just like, we were surrounded on Monday, did not wish Matt's birthday or anything. Yeah. Did oh, I no, 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 that, that's fine. That. I, that's, that's not what I was bringing up. Uh, I was just going to ask. It's 24, or when was the last time you guys actually really cared about celebrating a birthday? Like, after the age of 21, does it really matter to either of you? Jim, I'll start with you. 40 was the last one. 30 didn't matter to me. 20, it went like 21 to 40. So, I, for me, it was 20. 21 to 40. But 40 just, was the last one to matter. 40 was the next one that mattered after 21. Just like that. It's just 21 to 40 in a blur. Well, I meant that, like, as far as a significant birthday. I think my, nah. you know, I had just started dating my wife when I was around 30, and she did something nice for me, but I didn't really care about turning 30. But, again, I'm not a, I'm not a birthday person, so right. I'm not yeah. the person to ask. Yeah, same thing here. That's why not I every bring year is a birthday year for Matt Hamilton. I mean, <laughs> that's because every day is a birthday, Jim, so you don't need to celebrate every year, you know, and every day is a birthday. The No, here's the real answer, Ryan. Every five years now, after 21, it's 25, it's 30, it's 35. Once you hit 40, it's every decade. Okay. And then, I mean, I, sh- I feel like, I don't know yet, but once you hit, like, the 70s or something, you probably just don't. That's when you're like, oh, I'm 50 again or well, 55 wait, there's, again. There's definitely a line of, like, after 80, every birthday's special. Cause I was going to say that's after 70. That's when guilted of, like, you don't know if this is going to be the next one. Oh, yeah. So, so, yeah. Up to it, yeah. I should yeah. start dropping that now. Like, you don't know if there's going to be a next one. Wait, that could be, that's for everyone. My great grandma lived, or no, my grandmother's lived to 100. Wow. At her 100th birthday party. So she pulled that stunt for 20 years in you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I had to, every year I'd come back. Yeah. So I'm only less, I'm Actually, less than a quarter you know, of the way there. You know, you go to reverse on it. I missed so many birthdays between 80 and 100, and I show up for 100, and she died like a two months later. No, oh, jeez, you killed her. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, now that I saw Jim and the kids, what's the point? Yeah, now she's just waiting yeah, it out. Just waiting it out. Look, it's fine. Right. She was 100. Yes. All right, all right. Good, happy, long life. <laughs> right. All right, exactly. fair, fair. I just, it just it came out of left field you, there. You haven't even me. made a quarter I, of that time. I have, right. I have no, a tragedy scale. No. And past 100 is no longer a tragedy at all. It's a zero. <laughs> it's a miracle. Scale. Right, right. <laughs> all right. And honestly, I think 85 plus, like, you... You got the W. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you got the W no matter if you got kicked out or anything. You know what, Matt, Jim? I'm just going to give you the win on you that one. The that. tragedy scale. That's an all-timer. All right. I'm going to go golf because Ryan's biased. Oh, clearly. Oh, he's in his feelings. <laughs> I am. Big, I am in my feelings. Big Howdy, Matt Hamilton, and I will return for the last segment here for Next Golf You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, hey. Oh my God, we're back again. Brother, sisters, everybody saying. Gonna bring the flame, I'll show you how. All I hear when I hear this song or envision my mind is the end of This Is The End. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic true. movie. Right. And the end, uh, they end up in heaven and they all do this dance. Together. Right. 
Now, not everyone. It uh, who gets left behind at the end? I forgot. Um, Danny McBride. Danny he McBride. he gets eaten by cannibals. Eaten by Channing Tatum, actually. <laughs> right. That's right. That's uh, right. Matt <laughs> oh Hamilton. God. I'm Jim Rutledge. Brian Wollersheim. He's at the Everlight Solar Studio. I am with Matt here at X Golf in Middleton. How'd you do? We're close. I'm on the 17th hole, so I'll okay. just be able to finish. Yeah, because you know you get the break till the top of the hour, so right. we'll have to speed golf it here. But I think you'll get it done, and that's why I'm going to account for your score. Yeah, I think I'm going to get 18 over, just like yesterday. I was nine over on nine. So yeah, but today be... you're kind of you know you're you're playing fast. I'm playing fast. And I only brought four clubs in. Okay, so those are so, two factors. There will give you a little hybrid bit of there, seven yes. iron pitching wedge putter. That's all you need to play golf. If you need more right. than that. You got a tin cup it. You ever tin cup it out there with what? What a, was he bring a seven iron? Is that what he played with? I mean, that's the club. If you're gonna, if I was gonna go out and play one club the entire round with just one club, it's the seven iron, hundred percent. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. What is the best golf movie ever? Ooh. Happy Ooh, Gilmore. Happy in, in my opinion, as a not real big golf fan, no, Happy that's, Gilmore is my It's movie. up there just because, yeah, it 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 not only was a good golf movie, it like transcended golf. You didn't have to like appreciate golf to enjoy it. Like I feel like Tin Cup and The Legend of Bagger Vance and some of those. Like, yeah. if you don't give a crap about golf, you're not going to enjoy that. But so like Caddyshack to me. Is, oh, Caddyshack's yeah, that, goaded. That yeah. Uh, Gilmore out of the yeah, water. Happy really Gilmore's fine. Again, Billy Matt or Adam Sandler, that whole thing. I always thought those movies were okay. Happy Gilmore is the only one I can really watch over and over again. Like Billy Madison. And the Water Boy. <laughs> yeah, Water Boy too. Like Billy Madison every once in a while. But that's also a little bit like Ace Ventura for me. Like at some point I'm like, all right, I loved it, but now I need like a five year break from it. Like, I, you know, <laughs> like, and I'll circle back at some point and enjoy it again because otherwise it gets a little bit, uh, a little bit, I would say, much. But. What other ones? Yeah, Tin Cup to me. Now, Tin Cup works in a way more of it's like a rom-com and a golf movie. Or like the greatest game ever played. Yes, those are some yeah. deep cuts on the golf ones there. I think Caddyshack. I enjoyed The Legend of Bagger Vance. Yes, that was I enjoyed Will Smith, that right? Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Absolutely. And so I would say you can call in 844-770-3776. But if I was doing, number one, I'd go Caddyshack. I guess, two, I would go Happy Gilmore because it's so universally right. loved. And then we can figure out greatest game ever played, Tin Cup, Legend of Bagger Vance. Is that the one with Matt Damon as well? Is that Will yeah, it's Matt yep. Damon and Will yes. Smith. Yeah, because uh, that that was a pretty good one. Now I'm trying. He's I, walking up right in front of him. He's like, I could have hit you. <laughs> I figured this was the safest place to be. <laughs> right, right. So I'm trying to any other. I'm trying to think of other golf movies I, that existed. I tried looking it up. Honestly, we've pretty much listed the only ones that I even know it's about. It's not a great sport for a movie. Like it's yeah. honestly the best sport for a comedy. Yeah, it's not. Because, I mean, golf's not a cinematic game, to be honest, right? I which mean, is crazy because it's such a. The views are very cinematic. I wouldn't even say it's not cinematic, course. like as far as like the views or the what it could look like. But the storylines, it it just it drags. Now, baseball drags, but there's so much comedy that can happen in the drags. And I think golf hasn't. The sweet spot for golf is to find a comedy that that fills in the the dragging part better. Like, you have to fill it around it because just watching it, it's just not dramatic. It's not quite to what those other ones can be, whether that's football or basketball. I would imagine football's got to be the, the sport with the most movies I, made about. I would say, honestly, I think baseball might be the best sports, like, best move, best sport for movies. I feel like there's the Sandlot, you have, like, Fever Pitch, um, Moneyball. Well, oh, that's the second one I thought of because I'm trying to think of movies right now. Major League. Major, Major League. League. Um, Durham. 
Well, there are MFs. I've only seen part of that, but yeah. That was one you should. You're probably just old enough to watch now. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what else uh, other baseball movies are out there too. But what's the one? What's the one with? Uh, what about Angels in the Outfield? There you go. That's oh, that's a fantastic yeah. oh, one. Man, that one's Rookie of the Year. Rookie of that's the Year. That's a really good one. Outstanding. Have you seen Rookie of the Year? That's the one with the Cubs and his yeah, arm gets yeah, like yeah. fused the tendon, so yeah. he's throwing like yeah. 98 mile an hour. I feel like every kid's like, well, yeah. You know, if I break my arm, maybe yeah, I'll, right. Maybe he's got to fall to, funny one right, time. Right, right. Maybe I'll be able to pitch for my favorite Major League Baseball team. Uh, this this one was right in my wheelhouse when I was a teenager. How, did you guys ever watch the Bench Warmers? Uh, oh, I mean, with Rob. <laughs> Reluctantly, and the guy who plays Napoleon Dynamite. What's his name? Oh, yeah. uh, I can't I know think. it is, but he was in that. Yeah, I think I saw it. It was fine. I mean, I didn't like it. Was fine. David Spade. David Spade. Yeah, he sometimes somewhere along the line lost it for me after Farley. Like I just, he's not as funny. He's not unfunny. It's just not necessarily my funny bone at this point. Right. And um, Nick Swartzen was in that one. Yes, yeah, he was. Yeah. He was scared of the sun. Yeah. Yeah, it, but. Uh, is it Hater? Not Bill Hader, but isn't the who's the guy? Isn't the the guy from Napoleon Dynamite? I feel like maybe his last name has a Hater. I don't know. Anyways. I yeah, completely lost. I, yeah, the other I one, can't remember his name. Another one, Feel well, the Ryan, Dreams. Next time we're That's trying to find one. someone, I'm not sure what you're doing back there, but you could go to IMDb and look up the person while Matt and I are talking. I'm looking up all the other all-time great baseball movies because there's so many, Jim. Feel right. the Dreams. That's another all-timer. Oh, yeah. Kevin yeah. Costner again. Kevin Costner is in half these movies, by the way. Oh, he's <laughs> he's in Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, For the Love of the Game. John Hedder. 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 So there we go. I was Hedder. Far off. All right. For Love of the Game is also... It's not good, but it's good. Like I, if it's on, I'll just watch it. And I'm like, this is. Where does stupid. basketball fall? Baseball is amazing. I is wanna, it baseball or basketball? Here's what I. And maybe we can ask this question. <laughs> what to kind of fans. movie is it? Uh, I would say baseball. <laughs> but I, here's what I want, and I want to know if our fans would would participate. I want to have a basketball tournament. <laughs> You've been talking about this forever. <laughs> we need to, right? Like it is the. It is something that I think almost anyone can participate. You don't have to be a great athlete, we all, you know, so you don't have to worry about like liability or any of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. It's easy to pull off. What do we just need some basketball hoops, and then we can draw the, the baseball diamond around the basketball hoop? Yeah. I mean, someone maybe will maybe since Ryan is basically our producer now. I don't know what happened to Alex Stroh. Maybe this yeah. time we'll have a producer. Matt and I say things, and then you're supposed to make it happen, Ryan. So, yeah. Make baseball happen for for yes, the office. Go find the promotional team and say. Hey, these guys had a good idea. They brought it up 17 times. Yeah. Let's do a basketball tournament. All right, can we be the Coors Lights then? Or can we be like the cuz it's the Milwaukee Beers in the movie, the Blue Mountains? Ooh, yeah. that's a good one. I think that's it. The Blue Mountains. Honest? Set it up, Ryan. All right. It's happening. I'm going to talk to Marissa, our marketing manager. We're making it happen next week. I'd probably try to find Molly. Uh, uh Molly too, yeah. Oh, that our music. That would be your music, yeah. 20 seconds. 20 seconds. <laughs> Ryan, are you with us tomorrow? I'm not. I'm actually not in the office tomorrow. I'll be in Cincinnati Who's for the preseason us? game. I don't know. Good luck. Right, State Street Pots, that's all we know. Yep. See you tomorrow. This is Roger Hamilton presented by Cool Slice. See ya.